Welcome to the Beer and a Movie Podcast, a podcast where we combine two of the greatest art forms known to humanity, beer and movies, sometimes achieving outstanding pairings and other times giving ourselves the opportunity to watch to wash the terrible taste of failure from our mouths. I got so close. Look at that. I got so close. The one time we're on uh, Instagram one, Live. No, I'm and usually flawless at it. I know. He's, like, he says this in his sleep. And yeah. All of a sudden. Uh, me, the one that fucked it up, uh, Carlos, and I'm here as always with... Dave Gurney and, and Joe Hilliard. And today we are starting off with a special wild card third beer uh, to tack on to the usual two that we have. And this one, for anybody that follows us on Instagram, has seen that I have been, or I have tried, this is my first time and the only time so far, uh, my hand at home brewing. So this is the first one that I did. It is a brown ale. My wife got me this like beer uh, kit thing for uh, Christmas that had all the ingredients and the recipe ready to go. Um, so I did it, made the wort, fermented it, all that kind of stuff, bottled it a couple of weeks ago, and now it's ready. Uh, looks like we've got some floaties in there that we'll have to get through, but um, we'll see how it goes. Here we go. Popping it open. Ooh. That's carbonated. <laughs> Very satisfying. It looks like beer. <laughs> That's good. good. Good signal there. Good, good start. Sign, yeah. Thank you, sir. Now, th- th- remind me the recipe you were going for style-wise. Yeah, it was a. It said it was a brown. Brown. Now. Brown. Okay. So, well, it, it, the color is brown, yeah. and look at that. I mean, look how lively it is. Cheers, All those yeah. bubbles. Yes, cheers. Got lots of floaters in mine. Yeah, you 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 took the uh, you took one for the team there. Yeah, does not taste d- d- doesn't taste bad though. That actually is pretty darn good. And I, I'm not a big brown ale uh, guy, but it's not my favorite either. But but it's an easy drinker. Easy drinker seemed like a decent place to start. Um, and there we have it. What do we think? Is it tolerable, Joe? Mm. Well, I'll, you asked me mid sip, David. Go, please. Yeah, I was going to say. I mean, definitely tolerable. I don't think anybody would taste this and be like, "I got to spit this out or pour it down the drain." Very malty, as a brown ale should be. Um, kind of get a little bit of kind of roast character in there. Now, what the? It was extract. It was a malt extract. Yeah. But you did start with some grain, right? There was a some, some, yeah. And do you know what kind they I gave do, you? I do not remember. Okay. Um, Going into this, I knew literally nothing about the process of brewing beer, other than the fact that there are hops involved, mm-hmm. and that you can and that you can add stuff afterwards to make it taste like other stuff. And um, what, do you remember the hops that you used? I right. don't. Okay, not off the top of my head. I mean, definitely not getting it. it. I get some of the bitterness, you know, that that hops bring. Yeah, but there's not any of the floral or aromatic or uh, juicy kind of aromatic qualities that you get with hops. No, there was only a very very small amount yeah. added towards the end of the boil. Mm. Most of it came right at the beginning and boiled for about forty five minutes. So, yeah, that would get get from what I've read would get us the bitterness, mm-hmm. not as much of the floral, fruity kind of flavors, from what I understand. I could yeah. be wrong. Um, but, yeah, that is – there it is. First homebrew. You guys have probably drank a lot of homebrew. I have not drank that much. I, I've drank plenty, and there's some homebrew that is just swill, and you have to smile and nod and say, yeah, sure. This is great. Carlos, you did a great job. Thank you. I think that – 
Especially uh, for a first effort. Yeah. Not a, that's what I was going to say. Not a bad first effort, and I'm ready to... Yeah. Are you ready to expand your operation? I am. Yeah. <laughs> five, ten gallons. No, great job, Carlos. Thank you for sharing. Cool. Yeah. We'll hand this back to you. This is totally drinkable. I'm, I'm enjoying it even. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a it's, nice it's, way to start the evening. Yeah, it's not bad. It's, it, it is hypercarbonated, but I mean, you know... But I like that. It's very carbonated. Now, that's the thing... You've got to tweak that. That I've... Uh, I learned a little with homebrew while I was doing it um, that, you know, if they sit in the bottle a little too long, they can get super carbonated and, I mean, even explode on you. But, uh, yeah. but you know, to the point where I think this is actually a pretty good drinking point for this. Yeah. Uh, but, but I have a feeling if you sit on them for a little while, they might turn into really, really lively. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm going to... Tr- after popping that one and seeing what it did, definitely going to try to... Uh, I look forward and welcome your next brewing experience. <laughs> yeah. So there you have it. First home brew. Totally drinkable. All right, Not folks. terrible. It happens. <laughs> Be on the lookout for more. All right. Shouts out to sleep. <laughs> All right. So we gave the homebrew a try. Check that out on our Instagram. You will be able to see the uh, live video in... The uh, first homebrew highlights in the highlight section on Instagram for those of you uh, social media users out there. Um, but next, we're, we're going to launch straight into it. We're going to talk about a movie. But first, <laughs> we have to crack a proper beer. Crack that a was proper made beer. By you crack a proper beer, Carlos. We have to crack a professional <laughs> beer. Our second um, proper beer of the night. So this one, a brewery that we have not had so far on the podcast, it is, um, again, shouts out to Eddie, my uncle with the assist, uh, brought back some Spindle Tap. They are a Houston brewery. They do a lot of stuff, but in my experience of word on the street type of uh, messaging I've heard about them mm-hmm. is it's the haze. Yeah. We do not have the haze. No. We have their West Coast IPA, the Hop Gusher. Um, seeing as how this is an audio-based uh, format, you can't see the big oil rig that is uh, twisted to make it look like a, a tap up mm-hmm. there at mm-hmm. the top. Um Gushing hops, uh, but seeing as how Vice is the movie we're, we're uh, going to be talking about in all the you know war and bloodshed that's been uh, spilled over oil of all the things in the world, this mm-hmm. is a uh, some morose tie-in. Right. So I'm going to crack it open, and we are going to <laughs> lighten up the mood a little bit. There we go. Yeah, so totally appropriate beverage for a film uh, about Dick Cheney. Now, have either did you either of you try this? In my, in my life, I've never had it. No, I don't. I don't think I ended up getting a a taste of that. I, I had the uh, so Carlos is referring to. He had some of these. Um, his uncle Eddie had brought uh, some of these for his Gracias. recent wedding, and I don't know how much we want to get into that on the podcast. But congratulations, Carlos. Um, thank you for the poor best beer I've ever had at a wedding. Like the best beer well, selection he, at a wedding. Because he also I've brought a number of those ingenious beers, yeah. which yeah. we have had some back. on the uh, podcast before and we love those and so Fantastic. that was that was really exciting to get to have those at the wedding and then Hector Ooh, came through the with, uh, with a keg from Rebel Toad that's right uh, we got a keg shout from out to them. Hector yeah local uh, brewery here in Corpus doing uh, good things that and that was I, the blonde right no so I told I, 
Because the sign said blonde, right? Yeah. Uh, I told Kylie not to print the style of beer because she was making those signs too far in advance that oh, I wasn't... I, you I didn't I, know what I had it narrowed do. down okay. to about like two or three different styles. So was it we the Abercahopra? Troublemaker Pale Troublemaker Pale. Okay, that yeah, was... it was re- perfect for the wedding. I really enjoyed it. I was, see, I felt... Because when I saw the blonde on the sign, I was like, wow, that blonde has a lot more aromatic kind of quality mm-hmm. to it than I remember it having. Yeah. But now it makes sense that it was Troublemaker. Okay. Yeah, it was the Troublemaker, yeah. Um, which I, yeah, not too, not too hoppy, you know, no, for, not for the hot. average, right. you know, person that... Appeals to everybody. Yeah, good all-around beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we had some Congratulations. More specialty stuff. Thank mm-hmm. you. Uh, yeah, the nose on this is good. Yeah. Well, good way to start off uh, here as we jump into talking about Vice. Um the 2018, released just at the end of 2018 here, so that it would be in contention for awards um, as, Which we, it is. as we go into 2019. Yes, and we, and we know now, um, we, we were going to be recording this last week, I guess we had just heard, um, that Christian Bale is indeed nominated, and it is nominated. What else was it nominated for, for the Oscars? I'm Best Picture, to, right? Best Picture, um, did Adam McKay get a Best Director or Best Screenplay? I don't know if he, I don't think he got Best Director. Okay. Um, so, you know, it's, it's one of these films that's in contention in award season. It's a biopic, um, already mentioned about Dick Cheney centering on the life of Dick Cheney, um, kind of taking him from his sort of restless ne'er-do-well days as a young man, just sort of getting expelled from Harvard or no Yale, Uh sorry, another Ivy. Um, but you know, getting expelled spelled from Yale and then kind of finding his bearings with the help of his wife and going Who gives on. him an ultimatum shape ship up or yeah what is it shape up or <laughs> shape ship up or out. ship out yeah and then kind of going on to have the political career that you know people I think are at least tangentially aware of at least him getting to that office of vice president um which is where the film gets its name right vice yeah uh was nominated for Best Director and Original Screenplay. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So Adam McKay did get both of those. Okay. And I think I saw, yeah, Amy Adams for supporting. Yep. Uh, yeah. So yeah. it did. Uh, oh, and I told, shouts out Sam Rockwell, one of my faves. Got yeah. nominated for supporting actor. I like Sam Rockwell too. He's great in yeah. most things. Playing George W. Bush. Which, right. uh, yeah. Yeah. So, so it's interesting. Okay. The, you know, I think before maybe we get into talking about the film proper, I'd just like to make the, the point that it's interesting the move that Adam McKay has made here with his filmmaking in the last few years going from, well, I mean, getting his start on Saturday Night Live as a writer and... Um, that I did not know. Yeah, and then eventually going on through his relationship with Will Ferrell to make a series of really successful big comedy films, right? We're talking about uh, films like Anchorman, Talladega Nights, uh, Step Brothers. <laughs> right. Sort of, you know, classics of 2000s uh, comedy cinema. and But then making this turn in the last few years, I guess uh, initially with The Big Short, uh-huh. Uh, which had, um, you know, comic elements, but definitely some drama woven in there. And this film, which I think actually is an extension of that. I mean, I think there's a lot of uh, overlap. What, what do you think, Joe? Do, do you have any opinions on McKay and this turn he's taken? Oh, well, as far as... The movie, for me, would have been so much better had he made a lot of different directorial decisions. Mm. And the the blending of the comedy and the... Uh, it's not 
drama. There wasn't a lot of drama in the film. Yeah. I mean, outside of, you know, 9-11 kinds of, you know, those kinds of things. But I mean, the, the, I take that back. I mean, this would be classified as a drama with comedic elements. The comedic elements were so on the nose that I asked myself in the middle of the film, in the theater, I wonder if this is as distracting and off-putting as Carlos felt about the eye fish, the eye, the fish eye lenses in The yeah. Favorite. Yeah. It took me out of the film so many times, and the comedy was so on the nose that I, having not seen the big short, full disclosure, this is my first entree into Adam McKay doing a little bit more dramatic material, I was off-put by it. It seemed like a mishmash train wreck, hmm. and we're not even talking about the story yet. I, I tend to agree with you on this. No, I mean, seriously, I, I, I did like The Big Short a little bit better, mm-hmm. um, and, I, and I know we're not here to really discuss that, but I, I thought it worked better for that. For this story, I think it, it made the film almost like fighting within itself. Um, there was this veneer of, uh, I don't know, I almost want to say like smarminess about it that from the very framing of the narration, right? I mean, that was something that really kind of, especially when the reveal happens, right? So there's a, you know, I'll just come right out and say it. We we don't dance around spoilers, but there is a voiceover narrator who early on in the film, you don't even really know who it is. Eventually he starts appearing on camera. You come to find he's a, uh, he, an Iraq war veteran. Um, he has he's a, a he's family. He's a narrator that breaks the, the, third, the, the fourth, fourth wall, wall and right. talks directly to the camera. Right, when he appears on camera, right. right. And so then, you know, there are times he's surrounded by his family. He's got a young family. He makes a really kind of fleeting reference to, oh, he's got some sort of relationship. He's related to Dick Cheney mm-hmm. in some way, although that doesn't become clear until close to the very and end the of the film. the payoff of that whole gag is underwhelming. Well, not just overwhelming, not just underwhelming for me, but actually, uh, to some extent, I think dishonest and sort of, I don't know. Okay, so, the, so you come to find out this guy gets hit by a car while he's out jogging and, while he's narrating. And he he dies. His heart is the heart that gets transplanted into Dick Cheney. Okay, mm. so you know I can see how Adam McKay, the comedian, yeah. is thinking that's kind of a funny gimmick. Uh-huh. But the payoff in in the way that that whole operation scene goes is sort of like I'm supposed to think Dick Cheney is evil for taking this young man's life, and now I get it. He's an Iraq War vet, and he could have died on the battlefield. He survived that war that Dick Cheney perhaps was one of the leading, you know, sort of proponents or causers of. And so, you know, having him die later and then Dick Cheney getting his heart, like there's some kind of poetic justice in some sense. But but I couldn't help but I was sitting there thinking, okay, so am I supposed to think that everybody who gets a heart transplant is some despicable human being who's taken the life of some other? That's not how it works. Right. And it, and it, and it just felt like a cheap kind of gimmick to get me to hate Dick Cheney more. Like, I don't need to hate Dick Cheney more. Pretty I kind of hate do. him already. Yeah. <laughs> I'm I don't there. know. I'm so, right there. So that really was, you know, kind of the, it was there throughout the film. And then when it came to that payoff at the end, 
it just felt like the worst payoff that I I could remember in a long, long time. See, better biopics for figures that uh, the director wants to paint in a negative light are they're handled in a way that doesn't telegraph from I think the very first frame you're about to see the story of a piece of shit. Yeah, you, you follow me. I want to be able to make the judgment call of whether or not his behavior is appropriate or not based upon a really interesting telling of the story. Yeah. There was positives in this movie, though, Dave. The, the idea that this movie is nominated for an Academy Award, to me, d- tells you the worst parts about the Academy Award process of nominations and how, how they win. There's a lot There's a lot more we could talk about. Too, oh, too. yeah. Let's this movie gets onto the map because of uh, Christian Bale's weight transformation, because of the makeup, which I thought Christian Bale's makeup was distracting. Hmm. Uh, uh, it... it it was visible. How about that? It's not that um, uh, the the Winston Churchill makeup of uh, Gary Oldman, yeah, know, where where they've done a seamless job. Uh, there's great performances in the film. I thought your boy Sam Rockwell, Carlos, playing George W. Bush, a version of not a complete I mean, his caricature to it, of course. Yeah, uh, Amy Adams was fantastic, mm-hmm. and but I, I I admired Christian Bale a lot in the movie and I'm seeing a lot of criticism of it that it's one note that yeah. it's a Saturday Night Live impression right. so, almost as I was saying I felt like the film was almost at war with itself that you had that I think through the um, th- through that narrative framing that was going on with the voiceover narration and then sometimes on screen narration with with some of the other kinds of you know gimmicky segments um, so to speak I think there was, you know, those comic moments that kind of fought against the more dramatic scenes where the actors just played these characters and had them interact in ways that were believable. And I think I wasn't as distracted by Christian Bale's makeup. I I found it pretty believable and I quickly slipped into just accepting Uh that was him. But um, but yeah, it was the scenes between him and Lynn, Amy mm-hmm. Adams' uh, character. Scenes between him and Bush. Scenes, be- you know, w- well, uh, him and the the Steve Carell was Donald playing Rumsfeld. Donald Rumsfeld. Thank you. And I mean, th- those were the another kind of, great performance, by the way. Yeah, those were the moments where I was really interested in the film and pulled into it because these were things that I maybe had some awareness of, but it was so interesting to see them depicted in this way that's sort of like this behind-the-scenes peek at how does somebody rise to power this way in a way that was almost, um, you know, it's interesting to see, you know, he wanted the highest office at one point, and then it doesn't really work for him because he's not a very charismatic charismatic guy. He right. doesn't poll well. Right. And uh, but how does somebody like that end up essentially being the most powerful man? The movie surmises that uh, with one of his heart episodes, his wife wins the uh, senatorial congressional election that you know for him, yeah, yeah for him in his absence that she mm-hmm. helped turn the tide because she's a more charismatic than than he is. Yeah, absolutely. Um, which even just based on what I've seen of Dick Cheney, the man on camera makes total sense. Right. If you're an Oscar Award, an Academy Award nominated director, Adam McKay, Mm -hmm. for this film, I'm going to sit, and I'm glad that I didn't see the big short for this analysis right here, that that this movie is nominated for Best Picture and he's nominated for Best Director. The idea that 
he we we know him from Anchorman. Let's just say it. I mean, we know him as the guy that that Will Ferrell and him became you know created careers together in the movie business. Anchorman requires no amazing direction if the script is good and the jokes are funny and your leading man is Will Ferrell. Where are you going to set the camera differently? What cinematography is going to make that film better or worse? You, you follow yeah. me? You're putting oh. So if you're going to move into this territory, real quick, if you're going to move into this territory and try to give us these comedic elements in the thing, my question, this is what I was asking myself the whole time, what would a different director have done with this? Someone with a more maturity or someone who didn't begin with broad comedy. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing I will say about your assessment of Anchorman Mm -hmm. is I do not think that there is a lot that a director can do to elevate said movie, but I think you really could fuck it up. Sure. Yeah. You know, it's e- it's easy to mess up. It's hard to like right. elevate to See, that, like, yeah, high that right. But you don't go out of Anchorman going, well, God, the director. Oh yeah. The the that that tracking shot during the fight scene well, or you know whatever. Th- that's I, I hear where you're coming from. I I do disagree, I think a little more strongly, just that I think that there is definitely uh there there are certain Moves that a director can make with comedy that work really well, and that I'm, I'm, I don't want to in take... the same way that we would say maybe some actors have a a skill with comedy in terms of the timing, in terms of you know facial expression, whatever it is. I think there's similar things, and I wouldn't want to undervalue. What's... I love Anchorman. Let me say that I love Anchorman, and right. I'm not going okay. to short shrift Adam McKay's involvement at all right. because without him, it would have been. A but what movie. I agree with, what I agree with is, I do think it's it's interesting. I think in this transition that he seems to be making towards more serious minded material, more weighty stuff, where he's trying to make this kind of social political commentary, um, that he's he's doing so while leaning a little too heavily on some of his old tricks and not. Being not kind of accepting what the material needs as much. There's, there's a gag in the movie where Dick Cheney gets to the height of his um, legislative branch career, and then the movie ends. The, the, you have the classic Dick and Lynn Cheney lived yeah. on the thing, and da 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 da, and the credits actually begin to roll. And then it goes to black, and then you see the planes hit the Twin Tower. In other words, that would have been the end of the story but for this event. And I imagine that con- that script, the same script, yeah. in the hands of, and I hate to go to one of the masters to prove my point, but Kubrick. How do we, <laughs> how do we create the political satire that's an, that's an so that it's... So you're thinking like strange love. You're thinking what if I'm we just had thinking, like Yeah, a, I mean, what could you have done with political satire? I mean, that would, that's an interesting question because obviously... Political satire is an amazing thing when it's done well. Right. I just think, like you're saying, I think Vice is sort of a ham-fisted attempt at it. Oh, yeah. They tell you up front, you're about to watch a dick. Yeah. Yes. Right. Rather than letting you, you know. Right. And and, and, And the weird thing is, another thing that I don't... The the weirdest thing about that is, okay, so it wants to have these comic elements. It wants to have this kind of self-referential, this kind of interestingly reflexive kind of... Thing going on with it where, you know, wink, wink, we know what you, you're going to watch. Mm-hmm. We're telling you what you're going to watch. Um, but then the Dick Cheney character, like Christian Bale, I think a lot of his performance is great. And I, my guess is that this is more to do with what he was being directed to do by Adam McKay. He doesn't have any of the kind of smirky, weird kind of 
humor that Dick Cheney can have sometimes. You know, I've seen enough interviews with the man over the years that he himself kind of has this like propensity to like smirk and kind of like laugh. You don't see that come through. It's a very dry, serious. I mean, Dick Cheney is definitely the wet blanket in every scene. He's just like bringing it down. And so that seemed a little odd that they never give that side of Cheney any time. The other thing I enjoyed about the movie, and I, it, it's, it's script-related, is the how it's made of it. The, uh, the West Wing of it. The, this, yeah. the, it's all fictionalized. It's soap opery, but this is the behind-the-scene way of how legislation gets you know, from here to there to there to there, right. to, to killed, to, 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 to winning. Yeah. And I enjoyed the how it's made of, of, of probably any interesting political figure's career, but certainly this one. Um, and you have to take it face value. I mean... 50% of the country would say it's probably true, and 50% of the country in our current political state would say it's probably not true, that how he and Donald Rumsfeld grew together. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was an intern that turned ultimately into Rumsfeld's, not boss, the president would be Rumsfeld's boss. But, but still, yeah, the guy yeah. who was... Well, right. he, he was the president. The, the guy boss, behind so yeah. the scenes. And they make no bones about that. There's scenes of Dick Cheney making presidential orders in a war room where he shouldn't be doing it, and everyone saying, I don't think we're supposed to be doing it. But we're, <laughs> you know. So you saw a lot of that. And you'd have to believe that they did some kind of fact-checking or else in our current political landscape, the movie would get torn apart. I'm not seeing this movie get torn apart by conservatives yeah. who are, who are, you know, no, that's who, true. Would, who yeah. would be I, yeah. angry with it. Yeah, I, I haven't, it doesn't seem like the right is out for blood, but it's kind of interesting because the whole, I mean, the whole Bush presidency has sort of been shelved in a way, I feel like, in, in the current political climate. So, Carlos, you didn't see it besides your, your at-the-time, upcoming nuptials. Was there, was, were you not attracted to the idea? No, I did want to see it. Yeah. I just didn't get the opportunity to. And the one day that I had um, the availability to see it, I pitched the idea to Kylie and this was, I want to say, two days after they again found rats in, uh, <laughs> in Starbucks. Oh, yeah. And that was the only place it was playing. Now, I will and, say, because uh, I had to go there to see it, they had at least installed some new seating. So the, the, I, let's nothing back can up get me back. Real quick. There's, there's no, a, I, nothing's going to make me want to go there normally, but if it's the only place playing something in town, I'm, I ain't too proud to beg. I'll there's three it. theaters in the town that we live in, Corpus Christi, Texas, and one of our theaters is... We, uh, we've, we've definitely mentioned this on the Okay, yeah, it, it sure. is known for being a little bit more low rent, and they had a bunch of mice. It's known for being rat infested. Yeah, there was, there was a <laughs> and rat at, infestation. And at times there are bats as so well. So we will post articles about this whole thing to all of our social yeah, media. Yeah. You, 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 this is just a fun story, but it reopened and I saw Vice in the Rat right. Theater too. But I promise it wasn't because of the Rat Theater that I wasn't enjoying it. I saw none of them. Yeah. Well, I mean, so so I, so I think, you know, between Joe and I, there's Our other a, two theaters are lovely. <laughs> they are. They yeah. really are. Great. Um, there, there isn't a whole lot of disagreement here. Is there agreement on this beer? I don't know. Pretty good. I mean... I love a good old fashioned <laughs> West Coast IPA, yeah, this, which, which it is. Yeah, I mean, it's it just, it's, it's got that, like, I mean, it's got a great nose. No scum. So going at all. into it, piney, yeah. kind of resiny. And then the, the flavor itself, Solid lovely, beer. really light. And then it has that nice bitterness at the end. Yeah. I'm 
Totally digging. This is the perfect beer that you, if if this was a little bit more available in our area, I'd grab a six pack every time I go to the grocery store to have an IPA, a great IPA, yeah, decent solid IPA in my house in case friends come over. Right, it's very very good. H Town, you have our respect. Spindle Tap, once again. We'll come do an episode live. I know you guys are begging us to come oh, to your tap room. Spindle absolutely. Tap, Spindle out. Tap, hit us up. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll arrange it. Yeah. Yeah. We'll put sure. you on the list. So what do you say we go to break, guys? And uh, when we come back, we'll get some more beer going and uh, we'll talk about cinematic transformation up next. Beer glasses are now empty. It's time to continue the party, and the party just got started because look who walked in the door. It's Ethan Thompson. Hey! We all looked Hello. at the door because you looked at the door like he wasn't already that, sitting. That actually just happened on an audio podcast. Yeah. Where guys looked at the door, including the guy he's talking about. Me. Right. Ethan Thompson is here, and um, I talked about in the previous episode that one of the reasons why certainly this movie got some Oscar attention and is now nominated for Best Picture is that the Academy loves... Big actor actress physical transformations. They they they, they can't oh, yes. get enough of them. And uh, Christian Bale, of course, gained a bunch of weight, and then the big makeup. Something he's prone to do for uh, for 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 Vice, the movie we just talked. So we're going to talk about that physical transformations, uh, uh, actor and actresses that have done that in their life. But first, we've got to open a beer. And David, I think you brought this one. I did. He's ahead of us. So this. Here is actually a collaboration beer uh, from uh, Deschutes out of Oregon and uh, Hair of the Dog, which I believe also an Oregon brewery, uh, a sister brewery, I guess you could say. Um, And this is actually called Collage 2. It's the second beer that they sort of, it's a beer blend actually that they collaborated on with Hair of the Dog. Um, I was just looking at this earlier because it, it actually combines a number of different uh, beers brewed by them. Yeah, from both breweries. They- and, and so the idea was, you know, by, by blending these beers, they're obviously transforming them. So this would maybe fit the theme of transformation that we've moved into. But uh, here I'm seeing it's a 14.3% alcohol by volume beer. Nice. No games. It has, uh, it, it blends these beers, the Abyss, which is a Deschutes beer that is a, a stout, an imperial stout, the Stoic, which is also a Deschutes beer. And that one I think is a quadruple, a, uh, a Belgian, a strong kind of ale. And then Hair of the Dogs Fred, 
which I've never actually had, so I don't know what style that is. And another beer of theirs called Doggy Claws. And all of them have been <laughs> have been aged in different kinds of barrels. So there should be a lot of complexity here, folks. Is it Doggy Claws like Santa Claus or Doggy Claws like Claws? It's Claws like Claws, like doggy Claws, claws that, that would, dogs Santa would actually would have Claws. And I know we're going to talk about these transformations now, but before we do, I have a question for you. you they took their regular beer and then aged it in different barrels individually and then blended it and and then bottled it, or yes. did they put them all together and then age it? No, they aged the them separately yeah. in different kinds of barrels. The Abyss was in Pinot barrels, as was the Stoic. But then uh, Hair of the Dog's Fred was aged in oak and rye whiskey barrels, and the Doggy Claws was aged in cognac barrels. So they they took their product that they would normally sell and then aged it in these barrels and then blended it and then sold it to you. That's right. I'm with you. And so, in the doggy claws was a, is a barley wine, right? On, on its own, <laughs> when that's <laughs> Carlos, what was that noise? I don't know. Jesus, like, <laughs> why would you put all those things? Why would you put all those oh, things together? Well, well, hold off, we're getting off format here, boys. We got to drink the beer for a okay, while, and then we'll enough, talk. I mean, there's just right. so much happening. I want to talk about not the transformation of these beers when you add them all together, but the transformations through the years of cinema. Of actors and actresses that got our right. attention because of how they transformed their everything about themselves to create a character. Right, right. Good, good, good way to get us back here, Joe. Know. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, we've already pointed out. Car- Carlos uh, mentioned this. You know, with Bale, uh, weight loss, weight gain, mm-hmm. um, physical um, transformation in general. Right, working out and, and kind of getting himself muscular for various roles has not been. Uh, at all rare. I In mean, fact, not only taking, putting the weight on, but taking the weight off. Right, right. So the, the machine is probably being the most yeah. notorious one. Yeah, so in the span of a year, he went to 110 pounds for the machinist. I want to say 120. 120, and then within that year, for Batman Begins, got up to like 225, 250. A quick, quick right. turnaround. A quick turnaround. Right, yeah. So not just one direction, but both. And not adding yeah. mass for that, but adding muscle. And I would think that like, if, you, if your jacked. framework is bare, if, mm-hmm. if you're literally a skeleton with skin on it, I mean, the machinist is, is yeah. hard to watch almost. His body looks so uh, emaciated. Yeah. But then to put on that much muscle on top of that when you don't have the mass, that's dedication. I mean, that, that, it's that, something. Yeah. I mean, he 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 definitely. It's something. Well, I mean, seriously, it's yeah. it's it's weird to see when when you see those side by side kind of images of him and the machinist, him, you know, just a few months later in Batman Begins, where you're like, my God, yeah. like how, how does somebody even you know like in their lifetime do that? Let alone within the course of less than a year, go from this to. This. I know how he did it. He was paid millions and millions of dollars. <laughs> and he had trainers yeah. and he had dietitians. You could buy a lot of trainers and dietitians with I'm, the I'm sure. But still, I mean, honestly, I think you could probably give me all the money you could possibly find in the world and set me up with trainers. And I don't know that I'd be able to make I that. I wonder how much, like, back in the 70s, because the other, the, the case I always think of is Robert De Niro in Raging Bull. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. I mean, there's something I bet you, you think he about didn't and have. Yeah. I bet it was just like cocaine and versus <laughs> like steaks. And well, in that fries. movie, they got him fit, and then and then got took him time fat. off to get him fat. Yeah, and in Castaway, they did the opposite. They 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 let Tom Hanks get fat to do the the beginning, the beginning, yeah. and they took a year off of filming. And I believe that Robert Zemeckis filmed uh, What Lies Beneath in the meantime. 
in that in the gap. Oh, really? But, but Tom Hanks took a year to grow his hair yeah. out, uh, the, you know, to grow his hair out and uh, lose. 50, and 60, it, 70 it was pounds. not worth it, all of that. Stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, and the volleyball they just bought off of a, a shelf. It is interesting. Like, Wilson it's a kind wasn't of, really Wilson. So do we have any examples of actresses doing this? Charlize well, Theron. Yeah, and Monster. Yeah. Yeah. She, she did some weight gain there. I think she put on yeah. like 30 Shaved plus Shaved her eyebrows. Um, Fake yeah. teeth. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tilda Swinton has kind of... She hasn't so much done the weight gain or weight loss, but she definitely is into changing her look and right. her physique. For different kinds yeah, she's of roles. Bob Dylan, right, in one movie. I think right? Gwyneth yeah. Paltrow went all out for Shallow, uh, shallow Hal, so. <laughs> <laughs> no, she didn't. What? <laughs> that, that was a fat suit. Joke. What? Uh, <laughs> but Nicole Kidman in The Hours? Yeah. yeah. The and, article and that I've looked that I've looked up has, now has she, her in that one. Did I don't she remember that tr- she put into fake I mean, nose I definitely on. remember the I, fake I, nose. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Right. Prosthetic. Yeah, that's right. Right. Oh that uh, yeah. Yeah. That that accounts for transformation in her case. Meryl Streep in uh, in Into the Woods. Uh, mm-hmm. She goes from the witch to the right, you know, well to the witch again, but a younger, hotter witch, not an old, right, baggy witch, right. Um, I mean, so yeah, there there are some. Although a lot of these we're talking more about, I guess, makeup and costuming, yeah, um, transformation, which which is legitimate. I mean, let's let's face it, a lot of what was going on in Vice was makeup and costuming as well. I mean, Joe pointed out that he didn't find it all that convincing with uh, with Bale. I just but, saw the makeup, right? And, and I get that. The um, you know, uh, uh, when when we're looking at these kind of performances, I think you know you do have these standouts like. Again, Bale, De Niro, these guys who seem to... And, and Theron, I think, to some extent, who are really so invested in it that they want to have their bodies change for these roles. But I think far more common is, okay, we'll put some padding under that suit. Certainly. I mean, uh, John C. Riley is right now... I, I think it's out in theaters, not here, but elsewhere. Uh, Stan and Laurel, right. the Laurel and Hardy biopic that's, uh, that's going on. And... Uh, that uh, he, he was just wearing a suit. I don't think that that was weight gain. And in fact, I heard an interview with him where he was talking about the air cooling system that they had to build <laughs> into the suit so that he could do these like elaborate stage performances. And then I guess like as they were breaking between takes, they could like hook him to this machine that would circulate cold water throughout his suit to kind of keep him from, uh, you know, fainting. And, right. Yeah. Um, but, but it is, it's, it's interesting. I mean, because when you get into the prosthetics... You know, we've we've just named off a lot of the more dramatic kinds of uh, performances that that actors have done. But what about the tradition of you know comedic you know actors doing that? I mean, you have the uh, Eddie Murphy in the uh, the clumps, yeah, <laughs> right, the Nutty Professor, the clumps. Um, but are we talking about the same thing? I mean, uh, Christian Bale went from one twenty to two fifty, right, by actually working at it to create the character with his body. Chris Pratt did it for Guardians of the Galaxy. Right. But uh, your Eddie Murphy example. Yeah, he, he's and not Medea, changing his body. Yeah. And Big Mama's House. Right. The whole subgenre no, there. Martin, uh, Martin, Martin Lawrence. Lawrence. Right. They're doing it all with, with makeup and prosthetics. Right. The first was probably Coming to America, though, right? Where he played That's multiple. true. Yeah. That's true. He, I think that was the first where Eddie Murphy did all the different... So that's where his career really went downhill, 
Which one? No. Coming to America? Coming to America is kind of are you Are you no, poo-pooing I'm, coming ooh, to America? <laughs> I've, been, I've been trying to get Joe to back on. Yeah, well, watch out with the, with the pop. Um, when you say poo-poo, you got to <laughs> pop it in the mic. I did not like uh, that at all. Yeah. Um, no, I'm, say, I'm not saying coming... Again with it. <laughs> Come on. Uh, I'm not saying that that was a bad movie. I'm saying that once you begin acting with yourself things tend to go downhill unless you are uh, the national treasure that we know is Nicolas Cage, in which case that is a good move for you. But Yeah, adaptation um, is, is, fantastic. is wonderful. But and another physical transformation. Did he gain weight for that role? I didn't even, I didn't I'm look not into positive. that one. I'll call him and ask. Yeah. I, I bet hey, he Nick. did. <laughs> There's also the tradition of um, actresses and actors to a lesser extent starving themselves for decades on end to be nice and skinny. Well, that's a good movies. point. It's much that's darker, like transformation. We've been listening to a podcast about Jane Fonda recently, and like, oh, she's yeah. basically the hottest eighty-year-old in America. Uh, yeah. Well, but yeah. Believe, well, n- but, now it's but for healthy. Decades, but from the fifties until bulimia, the eighties, yeah. she's bulimia. And, I don't know. We watched Grace and Frankie, and she's just a gorgeous eighty-year-old person. Well, she obviously, I think, I think around the time it was in the eighties when she was doing the aerobics and stuff, like she went on a more healthy. Like it became more about exercise and like good diet and stuff, versus I think nineteen eighty and prior was all about just okay. I'm gonna throw up everything that I eat, which you know it's. Is a bad lifestyle. Yeah, I don't mean to, to I don't want to hijack it into a Jane Fonda. Right. Uh, podcast, no, but, the, but okay. So yeah. we'll, we'll, I'll get us back on task. We reward these performances. The Academy and the loves Oscars yeah. loves these performances. Why? What? What are we rewarding? Is it the uh, effort to again can, uh, fully encapsulate a character, even with your own physical appearance, if you if required? I think it's dedication that makes them pay attention to it. Like, it's not just going and playing pretend. It's like there's a lot of work that goes into that type of performance uh, that makes it a little more, I don't know, acknowledgeable in the Academy's eyes. Uh, that's, well, that's all that I can, and I mean, but a lot of, but a lot of them are good though. Like yeah. a lot of these ones that we're talking about are really like raging bulls, a classic, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Which th- now it, it certainly didn't win. Did he win anything for that? Did he actually, probably I not. mean, I know he was nominated, but I don't think he won. Um, he did not win the Oscar for Raging Bull. No, no. And Scorsese didn't win the Oscar. For Raging no, he Bull. didn't he win until the Departed. Wolf of Wall right. Street. No, the, the Departed. Departed. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's they do get noticed. I mean, obviously, it's it's. I mean, there's a stunt aspect to it. It's like you know, and and whether the whether the actors are thinking that or not, I don't know. But obviously, the publicity machines that uh, exist around films put that stuff out there. I mean, we wouldn't know these stories if they didn't. That's that's part of the allure of them. I mean, I think it is. It's just, you know, if acting is all about transforming and about taking on these different... Um, Becoming the character. Right. That when we see people do that in an extreme way, it just becomes compelling. And, the, and the, you know, it's just an extension of that same fascination that we have with people who can kind of transform. I mean, again, I mentioned Tilda Swinton for a reason, because she may not change her body quite as dramatically, but her look can change so, dis- like, yeah. dramatic. I mean, it's almost like she's a blank slate of a person who, whatever role she's in, I see her kind of put on 
that costume. And it's not always just makeup. It's also the way she's kind of carrying herself, the way she's kind of going into. I mean, having just watched uh, Suspiria a few months ago, I was really impressed with that. There's definitely some makeup work and, and prosthetics going on there. But I really loved seeing her um, in, in her two roles in that film. And just watching, uh, we need to talk about Kevin recently again to, uh, for, for a class I'm teaching. It, it's just amazing that, okay, that same actress, here she is, the, here she is, here she is, and she's just always bringing something different to the table. And I, I, would, I would say the same thing about Charlize Theron. I would say the same thing to some extent about Christian Bale. Um, the Fighter was another one we didn't mention, which I loved at the time where he American did a lot Hustle. of training for it. American Hustle, where he gained a lot of weight. Gained a lot of weight. Yeah. yeah speaking of American Hustle, which wasn't as good of a movie. That put on like 50 pounds of muscle to, to, to be uh, American Sniper. We don't talk about and, that movie. <laughs> I just did. He also got nice and bloated, I think, for uh, Stars Born a little bit. And before we get in the midst of recording this, we're, I'm going nice to say this right now before anyone can tweet us. De Niro did win the Oscar. Oh, thank you. For okay. Jake Lamada and Raging Bull. Okay, I yeah, apologize. David. Sorry, I didn't. Hmm. I think I said that. My has he has he won for something else? Yeah, too? Vito Corleone. Okay, that's what. Okay, I Godfather Two. Uh-huh. He won. Was it supporting actor, or did he get? Anyway, so he he won one for that. Yeah, he would not. Have but then the he went on to do uh, Jake Lamada. Okay, yeah. good. Well, he deserved it. Yeah, Jake he did. Lamotta's he definitely one. did. Uh, so, so I mean, probably deserve value to meet the parents too. Oh, we oh, being okay. honest. Are we giving value to Maybe this King transformative nature? There's certainly value to it, right? And completely inhabit the character that you're playing. I think it's just another kind of hype. Yeah, it's just and something else to talk about. Make it, us think that actors work hard at something. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> I mean, do you really? I mean, okay, Christian Bell, good for him. But if you're gonna be a castaway on a deserted island and you haven't eaten, you know, a big meal. In a long, long time, mm-hmm. wouldn't you be emaciated and wouldn't you be half nude like Tom Hanks in Castaway? It ha- you have to be skinny or you have to be Robert, Robert Zemeckis and well, it's just, CGI the thing. Just, yeah, deciding to do that. I mean, you're doing all different kinds of things that aren't real and transforming all kinds of things. It's just choosing not to do that one thing. Will this transformative role for Christian Bale win him the Oscar come February? Well, it's won him a Golden Globe already. So that that's that's a good sign for him. I don't know. I mean, I could see it wouldn't surprise me. It it definitely yes. wouldn't surprise me if it happened, but I don't know that it is the most deserving of those uh even the, the ones not alive. I mean, I'm going to say I'm saying yes right now going on record. Not having you seen it. Christian Bale will win the he'll win. Okay. Because right. I'll be goddamn if Rami Malek wins. <laughs> he but okay. And I get why you're saying that, and we've talked a little bit about Bohemian Rhapsody, even though we haven't squarely had an episode on Thank Bohemian God. Rhapsody. <laughs> but lose it. but I don't I I don't know I don't I don't get turned off as much by those kind of performances as as you do. I mean I don't mind when an actor decides to take on some of the mannerisms of the character he's playing of the the real life character they're playing. We're talking about uh, you have to you have to. No, you J- don't Jamie have Fox to. Jamie Foxx and Ray. Yeah, you, you have to take on the Jamie characteristics Fox and Ray of a famous... That's another good transformation. Oh, hold on. Not of a weight, famous but. 
If you're doing a, fam- a biopic of a famous person, you have to take on some of their mannerisms. You have to. Some, but not all. Some, but not all. I mean, we, not, the, 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 the counterexample we brought up when we were talking about Bohemian Rhapsody was uh, Blaze, the, another film this year. That the movie did benefit year. from Blaze not being as no, known a figure, though. I challenge, I'll, I'll give it that. I challenge Fair us enough. right now to create a new thing, 30 seconds down the rabbit hole. This is when you put a, a stopwatch. To create a new 30 thing. Second, yeah, 30 seconds down the rabbit hole right now. Okay. Bohemian Rhapsody in 30 seconds. Go. Go. You want me to talk about it? In I want seconds? the three of us, the four of us, to talk about Bohemian Rhapsody in thirty seconds. It's a terrible movie. He's a caricature of Freddie Mercury. So much of it is factually wrong. They get the timeline wrong. It just even as simple things of like when the songs were released. Um, nobody knew. Nobody knew that he had AIDS at Live Aid. Uh-huh. He didn't tell even his bandmates until maybe like the early nineties. Okay. Um, his relationship with Mary was significantly different and not nearly as troubled in real life as it was in the film. I mean, there's it's riddled with inaccuracies. Brian Singer's a pedo. I mean, like there's so- <laughs> and that's and 30 seconds. There we go. Okay, done. Here's, so on the I 30 mean, seconds, we just one of us gets a no, take. No, no, go, the, go, okay. go, go ahead. <laughs> David, it's your turn or I'll go I'm next. I'm sorry, you asked and I had a list. I'll go next. Right, so... To me, okay, I could focus on a lot of those negative things, too. It does not bother me when people take things out of sequence or play around with kind of dramatic relationships that exist within an actual person's life when they're making a film of it because we're already being artificial and cutting it down to like two hours, what somebody did over 30, 40, 50 years of their life. So we have to be a little bit um, open to that. I think it's okay when an actor takes on certain mannerisms and characteristics of it. I thought he did a nice job with the voice. I totally bought it. And I love the music. And I'm not a big Queen fan, but the music itself, I think, is kind of enduring, lasting music that it was kind of fun to get seen on the screen. Now, do I think it's the greatest film of all time? No. Do I think it even deserves best picture? Absolutely not. But I found it to be an enjoyable film. I couldn't take my eyes off of his teeth and the prosthetic that was in his mouth and the and, and, and the indention that it even made in his skin and lips. I don't mind that last scene at Live Aid. I've watched it, it. I watched it a few times on YouTube. In fact, with the side by side things that they do, I think that was a technical achievement. But I don't think that that's worth thirty minutes or twenty five minutes of a feature length film. That was just. We don't have any material here, and that was what I felt was the problem with the movie. They didn't have much material. The story of Queen wasn't as compelling as I figured that it would be after seeing that movie, and I frankly don't understand why it's so popular. I don't. Okay. It's not that great. Okay, we're done. Yeah. yeah. That was pretty good. That was, yeah. Um, Ethan, do you want to take a turn? Uh, didn't see it. <laughs> and we're done. And we're not going to. And we're done. So 30 seconds. Not we're talking about transformations in film mm-hmm. uh, specifically centered around vice which we discussed in the first half of the episode and somehow we have completely neglected fellow best actor nominee Vigo Mortensen who gained something like 50 or 60 pounds for green book oh that's well I haven't seen green book yet I, I, I haven't either and but the reason that I know this is because I uh, very much love Linda Cardellini uh-huh. and she is in that film yeah. and she I like her too huh. she's fantastic Linda Cardellini uh, really yeah. yeah she's I great I mean I think she's fine time. I just never think of her as I mean I love Freaks and Geeks yeah that, great. That's, that's wonderful you're uh, a Scooby-Doo fan Scooby-Doo fan no 
I she's never a great saw Velma. Scooby. Not great movies. She's, she's Velma, a great Velma. Okay. Uh, but but anyway, she so was, you were a child and you had children. Yeah. So that's, she was yeah. she was on his Linda uh, Cardellini is weak. She was on. <laughs> she was on <laughs> Mad Men. She had like a little yeah, stint on Mad, Mad Men. She, uh, she was in right? ER for a long time. Yeah, I, I missed um, those seasons. She was on WTF, and I listened to the episode because I'm a, I like her. Yeah. yeah. And I don't, shout out to Mark Maron. Shout, I'm yeah, sure he's listening right now. Shout out to Mark Maron. He loves our pot. He's told me. Shout out Mark Maron. I know. You're a big fan of the show. <laughs> anyway, Linda Cardellini, stop distracting me. Yeah. Uh, she was in Green Book. I don't and get Steely she... Dan. What the fuck are we talking about? <laughs> she was in Green Book and she was talking about how, like, when he's eating on screen, he's really eating. And in between takes, he's, like, eating so much to, like, maintain this, like, massive, like, weight gain that oh, he did for the movie. Huh. And that it was hard to watch somebody eat so much uh, yeah. for her. But. I read about uh, another George, transformation. George Clooney and Solaris. So he basically went on a whole like a like all pasta diet. I'm just huh. gonna eat carbs. Period. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is what you'd have to do to get that much weight that fast. Yeah. All right. So speak, speaking of transformative experiences, can I suggest we move on? Sure. To the beer. The beer. It's something. They have transformed. Four different beers. Right. Combine uh, them. Right. A strong ale, into, a barley wine, a stout, yeah. and a quadruple. No, no, David, you brought the beer, so why don't you talk last? Carlos, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> I was just trying to tell the combination. No, 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 I just meant uh, yeah, before yeah, yeah, you yeah. give your opinion. Yeah. Um, it is a beer. Yeah. It's <laughs> alcohol and it's carbonated. It just, it is void of any discernible. I, I would like... Okay, I would like to present this blindly to I can't remember the name, but whatever the sommelier equivalent is for beer, I know that there Cicerone. is Cicerone. Cicerone. I would like to present this to a Cicerone blind taste and have them describe it to me and try to pinpoint identify, this, identify anything, it yeah. because I don't think they would be able to. Well, maybe it's the sum of its parts. Now it's exceptional having blended these four things together. You're not going to be able to pull out the barley wine. You're not going to be able. You know. Well, it's not bad. It's Do you get any vanilla? A little bit. Just barely. I get chaos. Yeah. I mean, it's just a chaotic... I kind of get the caramel. Yeah. Yeah. The, here's the thing about this kind of beer. And David, maybe you can tell me if there's a terminology for this. The ABV is so high mm-hmm. that your palate becomes... Scorched. Scorched. It becomes... Uh, 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 Difficult to identify yeah. individual components, and it becomes its own thing. What is the collage here? I Col- can't. I can mm. pick out the barley wine. Yeah, the, I was going to say. I, I think the that. thing that I get the most is barley wine, and I think in part because, like a stout, to really stand out as a stout, I need it to be really roasty and kind of chocolatey, or you know, have that kind of uh, character, and that gets weakened by things like a strong ale and a barley wine being combined with it. Um, I, I think the quadruple itself probably has enough of a similarity to a barley wine, and I think that's yeah. like the caramel stuff and the. So yeah, I if you blind if I blind tasted this, I think I would say barley wine. Mm-hmm. That, yeah, that's where where I would come. But is the collage that they've created the name of the beer? Of course, collage something that you go back for for seconds. There are the limited edition beers. There's two kinds. Number one, it's interesting. Number two, it's delicious. Mm-hmm. This is interesting. It's not delicious. Yeah, I mean, I think if I was in the mood for a barley wine and somebody gave me a pour of this, yeah. then I'd be happy. I don't think it would be I don't think it would be an outstanding barley wine. I don't think it would be one that I'd be head over heels for and thinking, "Oh, where did you get this? I need to have some of this." But um, but I think it's it's serviceable. Here's what I will say. 
It's not bad. <laughs> there you go. Right. Okay. This no, it's utterly drinkable. Yeah. Uh, it's high in alcohol content, so it's going to get you there. Will you yeah. order or purchase Collage Three because you're interested in what these? Uh, yeah. Is it to shoot? The shoots picks their collaborator. I think it's always. I think this series is with Hair of the Dog, and right. I don't know if they've done a third one. Okay. No. Were I, I to see it in the store, uh-huh. Collage Three. Oh yeah, I remember having that really weird one, Collage Two. I would. Okay, I'll get it. I get it. Okay. I would get one. It gets you there. I would get one. It All doesn't right. look like they've done a third. Okay. Carlos, take us home. If they do, I will I will uh, 100% um, buy number three, but I will buy one. Thanks for listening. Let us know if we missed any dramatic transformations or iconic ones, because it is very possible that we did do that. I'm sure we did. Um, if you want to let us know about some stuff we miss, here are the places you can find us. We are on Twitter at Beer Movie Show. We are on Instagram at Beer and a Movie. That's where you're going to find the video of us trying my first homebrew for the first time. I had not even tried it before that. I don't know if I mentioned that in the video, but we all tried it together for the first time. Um, so go check that out and be on the lookout for more homebrew content on the Instagram. Maybe it'll make its way towards other platforms. Maybe even uh, some YouTube action will happen at some point. Who knows? 2019 is poised to be a wild year. <laughs> Facebook.com slash Beer and a Movie TX. And then, of course, Beer and a Movie Podcast.com. You can find um, you know little blog posts about the episodes and see some pictures of the bottles and cans and things that we drank. Uh, Maybe a movie poster or a still from the film uh, if you haven't seen it. So uh, that's, I mean, I think that's pretty much it. I Thanks for, to agree. Ethan for uh, joining us for the second half. Uh, and <laughs> he is overjoyed. <laughs> I mean, the expression on his face just. Mm. It's I'm a just, physical transformation. Trying to transform his Jake. <laughs> <laughs> He's trying to be Dick Cheney. Mm. Uh, and I think uh, that's all for this time. See you next time. Yeah, try not to shoot any of your friends in the face. Ha <laughs> ha!